Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And spring has sprung, and so the spring game was played this week, and that's kind of where I want to open things, because I just want to read the headline of the article written about the spring game, where it says the tech offense beats the tech defense 41 to 20. I'm surprised the defense scored 20 points. Uh, Yeah, I think they had a a weird scoring system. I'm just imagining a bunch of pick sixes, like three pick sixes. And then also, I guess you have the defensive end trying the extra points afterwards, which explains why you missed one of them. Doesn't bend well for our uh, our quarterbacks if they threw nothing but pick sixes. They threw 41 points as well. So I guess that counts. Anyway, Mm. that wasn't that was not the best opening I've ever had. I guess it's my takeaway from (laughs) the large periods of silence. I'm trying to find the tweet where they explained the scoring system, but I don't see it on the LaTeX football account. Yeah, I mean, it. we haven't talked a lot about spring football because none of us live close enough to go watch the practices or anything like that. But sounds like, you know, spring practice was a lot about installing Sonny Cumbie and the new defense, you know, like installing all the all the new stuff that they're going for and. The spring game, I think, was a little bit shorter than usual, but I saw a quote from Sonny Cumbie where he was talking about how you don't want to bore people with like a, a four hour long practice. You want to put on a good show for them for about an hour, hour and a half, and then, you know, be on your way. So I I can't find the tweet to explain how they did scoring, but it was like, a you know, a defensive stop is worth two points and a, you know, a pass breakup is worth one point or, you know, whatever. Right. They, they assigned point values. Like, who's keeping score? That's my god. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh <laughs> but I'm just imagining the entertainment instead of okay, yeah, we need this to be entertaining. So instead of playing a football game, Sunday Cumbie just goes over and suplexes yeah, if you uh, drop Harlan a, Dixon or something. Yeah, if you drop a pass, you get waterboarded in sriracha sauce. <laughs> Is that exciting? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that I entertaining? Mean, Do you want to watch that? I'm pulling, <laughs> I mean, I'm pulling half a chill just thinking about it. <laughs> um i I will just say the story here from malcolm butler or no it's from someone named kyle cavanaugh starts out saying the up-tempo nature of the louisiana tech offense and uh stop me if you're if you're you know if you can't handle that uh matt was talking about earlier (laughs) Uh, says they outpace the defense to the tune of a 41 to 20 tally determined by a special scoring system so the other thing to note here, I think, is that, um, you know, it was really nice to see pictures on Twitter of a bunch of former players coming out. You had uh, you had Troy Edwards there. Uh, who else made it? I don't know. Harlan's dad, Kenneth. <laughs> More of a father figure than an actual father. But yeah, uh, plenty of former players were there. Uh, one thing that I want to point out, just based off the press conference that followed or the press release that followed the spring game. Uh, one of the guys I was talked about and that had a 30 yard touchdown reception during this was a guy by the name of Bud Holloway, who is a redshirt freshman. Bud he Holloway? has a nickname on the team. Bud wasn't the nickname. Air Bud was. <laughs> so we have I, without ever looking at what this guy looks like, because he's a true freshman. I haven't seen him before. I'm just assuming he's a dog. Yeah, I um, mean. <laughs> He, he does. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so stupid. <laughs> so fucking stupid. You're welcome. He's, he's oh, just man. an actual bulldog in a uniform. I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking of Tech like, 22 two, things board. Are, two things across my mind. The shitty book series Anamorphosis. Anamorphs? Uh, or whatever it was. Anamorphs. Get your uh, facts straight. Oh, excuse me. 
Yeah. A scholastic book reader. And Absolutely then, uh, right. <laughs> Got those book at Pizza Hut rewards. <laughs> those horrible Airbud movies where uh, Airbud inexplicably played, well, all of it was inexplicable, but there was one that really pissed me off where he played volleyball and they had this really bad shot of an obvious mannequin dog going up to spike the ball. I have some bad news for you about where those movies ended. The last one involves his puppies becoming superheroes. So um, I could live with that. Okay. Well then never that, mind. That part is explicable. The rest of it. <laughs> yeah. I the volleyball playing mannequin shaped dog is not okay. Yeah. Or dog shaped so, mannequin. I guess the other look, way doesn't the make sense. CGI budget was not high. They had to use, they had to use puppets for all the, I appreciate, the, uh, I appreciate them trying to make it look as realistic as they could. Yeah. So um, this guy, Airbud, redshirt freshman, do we know anything about this guy? I mean, his player profile is pretty empty, but Evan, do you have anything on him? Well, yeah, it says here in the article that uh, he finished the day with three receptions for 58 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, wow. Cumbie <laughs> said, Airbud is an example of a guy being ready when their time comes. He did a great job today and took advantage of his opportunities. So, but is, mean, if he's a, so he came in, he was recruited with, obviously with Skip. But uh, is he from Louisiana? Yes, he's from Oak Grove, Louisiana. I don't know where Oak Grove, Louisiana is. Hmm. Oak Grove, Louisiana. In the middle of nowhere. It looks like in the middle of nowhere. I have to zoom out pretty far on Google Maps to figure out where it is. <laughs> uh, northeast of Monroe. Oh, okay. Wow. Near Terry and yeah, Shelburne. Never... But yeah, so Bud Holloway wasn't the only player on the field that day. I know the quarterback situation is the thing that what if he I'm was most interested. <laughs> it's now, just a dog running around the field then. Now that's an Airbud premise. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, the quarterback situation I think is what yeah, we're most interested in is, to try what? somehow to steer this back on topic. Yeah, it's, um, on. it's too many rabbit holes. What is the quarterback situation, yeah, Evan? Yeah, so it's st- the game started with uh, TCU transfer Matthew Downing getting the start under center. He was able to lead the Bulldogs down the field with a few uh, completions um, and then also ran the ball for a 15-yard keeper, so that's interesting. But the drive stalled, and Jaden Cole scored some points for the defense with a sack. But Downing continued and ended the ended his day 9 of 12 for 110 yards and a touchdown, and that was in his two drives combined. Then Parker McNeil, the Texas Tech transfer, checked into the game, so I think... Uh, realistically, the competition is probably between those two guys. And so he went six of 10 for 65 yards and a touchdown. So just couldn't go six of nine. Yeah. And Landry Letty also got some snaps in, although he still probably won't start no. as a true freshman. No, no way. But he did go seven of 10 passing with 47 yards, including Ooh. the final right. drive of the game where he set up what could have been a game winning field goal, depending on how the scoring worked. If field goals were worth 21 points each, then it was I a game winning field goal. Uh, I heard someone had dropped a touchdown pass in him as well. Yeah. Ah, you know, what's interesting to note about these is that you've got seven of 10 for 47 yards. I mean, that's, that sounds like a lot of short passes, which I think we probably expect from a, you know, sort of up-tempo offense, especially at this stage, right in spring practice. So, you know, hopefully Liddy can look downfield a little more and obviously none of us were there. So it's hard to say like exactly what but, he was doing, but but the but the rule is now that they can play four complete games and still be redshirted. Yes. So fully expect him to get on the field at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, oh, even yeah. if it's a mop up duty. Not For saying sure. that he's going to spin it. Not saying he's going to spin any heads around. But you're not saying he's did. not. Well, 
I could I could definitely see a situation where like either we're getting blown out or we're blowing someone out, and instead of putting the second string quarterback in, the coaches or uh, Coach Cumbie's just like, hey, let's put in Liddy instead, you know? Uh, and then it comes from behind to win us a game after being down by forty five points with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. If that happens, erect the badly a bad erect the bad statue immediately. <laughs> erect the Baker Mayfield s statue. Uh, so I know that we had a lot of tra- a lot of transfers out in football, uh, defensively, some offensively. Uh, someone mentioned that Bub Means ended, ended up on his feet in, at Pitt. So yep. uh, congrats to him. Yeah, lost a Bub, gained a Bud. Yeah, I hate you so fucking much. All right. So yeah, baseball though. This nightmare of a spring game se- segment here <laughs> is over. <laughs> Twelve full it. minutes unedited. Yeah, I'm calling it here. Uh, Someone, please don't. Please edit this. Time of baseball. death: nine forty-seven p.m. Edits it down to four seconds. So, uh, baseball, <laughs> please, somebody. Yeah. So while the football team, the offense beat the defense, forty-one to twenty. I guess that's my transition. The the entire offense plus defense of the baseball team beat Little Rock ten nothing on Tuesday night. We were recording last week's episode while this game was happening, so we kind of commentated on it a little bit. But to give a quick game recap on this one, it was a complete domination by the Bulldogs in a ten to nothing run where Tech hit zero home runs. All ten came from small ball antics. Uh, Two big chunks of those runs came in the second and sixth, where with the bases loaded in each situation, Steele Netterville in the second, then Cole McConnell in the sixth, hit bases clearing doubles. Then in the eighth, already up eight to nothing, a wild pitch and a passed ball, both to uh, Corona while he was batting. A score of the final two runs of this game. Uh, The offense was good, but the pitching was better. Greg Martinez had seven innings of three-hit baseball, he gave way to Landon Tompkins and Tanner Knight, who each pitched a perfect frame. Good offense plus good pitching equals a solid win over a really not bad Little Rock team. The thing I want to point about this game is that uh, Taylor Young, who I think we talked a little bit last week about him having some not so great games and Tech really needs him at times. Uh, he had three hits in this game. It's the seventh game this season where uh, Taylor Young had at least three hits and the Bulldogs have yet to lose when he does. There are seven and now in games he has at least three hits in. Nice. Yeah. Um, I know more of that. technically we're going to preview. We're playing Little Rock again this week. And you said that they're they're OK. Uh, last week for Little Rock, 10 to nothing loss to us. Three to two loss to number 17, Texas State. Nine to two loss to number 17, Texas State. And a 30 to four loss yep. to number 17, Texas State. So yeah. uh, we better not fucking lose that game. That's all. Can't wait um, to lose. Say about Texas that. State is also very good. I mean, you said the number by their name, but I mean, 30 to four is still pretty drastic. Yeah. Uh, 30 runs on 21 hits for uh, for the old Bobcats. Ooh, that's a walk problem then. That's that's fun. Uh, yeah. Only uh, uh, three errors by the Trojans, um, which you never want to hear about errors from a Trojan. Am I right? Anyway, is that a condom uh, joke or a, yeah, that yes. was a condom joke or Absolutely. a horse joke? Uh, or a his yeah historical reference joke? <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely a condom joke. Don't give me credit. It was your magnum opus of a joke. It wasn't. I don't know Evan's <laughs> best joke, but I'll try to think. That was good, Nathan. I appreciate that. Uh, you bad. know what was also good? Uh, Tech played Northwestern State on Wednesday and kept the 10-plus strikeout streak going. Well, Tech had 12 strikeouts on the night against Little Rock and then followed that up with a 10-strikeout performance against the Demons. 
but it didn't start out so well. A uh, three run shot off of Jarrett Wharf in the, I think in the first inning, right? Yep. Uh, you know, got things off to a less than ideal start, but the Bulldogs again used small ball to get back into the game. They scored one run in the first and second, then two in the third and fourth. And meanwhile, Jarrett Wharf had settled down a little bit. And then Ryan Harland and Kyle Krieger, well, they came in and did what they always do, except for on the weekend, this past weekend, apparently. But uh, in the ninth inning, though, Kyle Krieger had a little bit of trouble, uh, again, maybe foreshadowing. But his second inning of work being that ninth inning, he hit a batter, gave up a single, and then hit another batter. So the bases are loaded, I believe. Yeah. But then a double play and the final out, he gets the final out as a strikeout to close the door and give Tech the win. Six to four, I believe, was the final of this game. Yes, it was. Yeah, the bases were loaded, so that double play did score a run. Um, yeah, absolutely but, give up the run to make the double play there. Yeah. But yeah, to load the bases and then immediately empty them through outs uh, is nice. Yeah, Kyle Krieger looked almost human in this game, I think. And he kind of continued that into the weekend a little bit, and which is, I think we've put him up too high on a pedestal. It's, oh, Kyle Krieger's in the game. The game's over. When yeah. Really, that's not quite the case. But Ryan Harland, just out of nowhere, has been this team's superstar out of the bullpen. I know you kind of claim dibs on him being your guy, Evan. But after this game... Ryan Harlan had gone 24 straight innings without allowing an earned run. Yeah, that's so almost three. So nearly three baseball games worth. Yeah. Yeah. You, you re- And that was in different scenarios. Like he started a game. He he came in mostly in relief, but he did start a game. Right. So, I mean, man, this sure. guy's this guy's really good. He's a true freshman. Can't wait for him to transfer out. Not as much of a thing in baseball. But uh, yeah, after this game, he had a point three six ERA. <laughs> yeah it's just it sounds fake <laughs> it's it does. Yeah. yeah pitched four innings in this one uh yeah the other big thing from this game was that still netterville extended his hit streak to 10 so uh pretty damn impressive yeah taylor young getting it done the night before still netterville really and i mean it was kind of an entire team effort both nights uh keeping the offense hot unfortunately it wasn't just netterville's hit streak that ended friday night against middle tennessee it was also Tech's four-game winning streak. Uh, starting pitcher Cade Gibson struggled, giving up 11 hits and five runs in four and two-thirds innings pitched. The other two runs from Middle Tennessee came in the eighth when a throwing error with two outs and the bases loaded by the newly substituted in Greg Wallace at first base allowed the two Blue Raiders to cross the plate and increase that lead. The offense, meanwhile, had something going the third, scoring twice, but a solo homer by Matuli in the sixth inning was the only other offense to speak of all night. Uh, when you fail to reach base in six of the nine innings, you usually lose, just like Tech did Friday, falling 7-3 to three in the series opener. Yeah, just kind of felt like Tech didn't have anything going for him there on Friday. And uh, yeah, I mean, MTSU is a pretty good team. We talked about it last week, how we would we would feel very good with just a series victory. And, you know, starting out with a loss is not great. Uh, but... You know, with that being said, you go into game two on Saturday fresh, starting uh, Ryan Jennings, one of your core guys coming into the season. And MTSU went with Peyton Wigginton, uh, which Dave Nitz struggled to pronounce. He called him Winnington. Um, and they did not this game. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> yeah. But um, MTSU plated one runner in the second, but 
that was all the scoring until halfway through the game. Uh, when in the bottom of the fifth, a bases loaded sack fly ended up scoring two. Yep, that's that's right. <laughs> they they tried to get the out at home, and I believe this is when the ball went into the MTSU dugout, and that allowed the runner from third to advance to home as well. So Taylor Young was able to move from first to third, and then he scored three pitches later on a ground ball. Um, yeah, the guy that scored uh, from second on a sack fly was Thraxton Birch. And uh, his name comes up again here. Thraxton? Thraxton? Or, or Thaxton. I think it's Thaxton Birch. That's worse. Thaxton, <laughs> yeah, Thaxton Birch. Stop uh, white people 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he scored on that sack fly earlier um, on the throwing error. And then in the seventh inning, he gets a triple. Wow. So I think this guy is primarily known for his speed. I think he was the one that uh, that ran down LSU's batter. No, that was. Uh, oh, that was Riggs Easterling, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, another great name, but <laughs> wrong yeah. player. Great baseball name. We got some baseball names on this team, man. <laughs> fucking Riggs. <laughs> Riggs Easterling. <laughs> fucking great. Thaxton Birch. No, that's just brutal. Kyle Kreger is also a fun one. <laughs> that is. With the filthiest slider, Por- Ste- I mean, Steel Netterville. Um, That's just that pornographic name. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, Birch triples in the seventh and Young sack flies him home to make it four to one Bulldogs. But MTSU's not done. They get one back in the eighth. Uh, and then in the top of the ninth, there was a little bit of a scare. Again, Krigger on the mound gives up two hits and a hit by pitch to load the bases yet again with two outs. But a ground ball to first and a toss to Krigger covering the bag ends the game. Uh, Tech evens the series four to two. Yeah. Sunday's game, the rubber game, uh, went 12 innings. So rather than go through all 12 of the innings, I want to skip immediately to the eighth with Ryan Harlan on the mound and Tech up three to one. A catcher's interference called on George Corona and a four pitch walk to put runners on first and second with one out is kind of setting the scene here. Uh, Ryan Harlan gets pulled and Kyle Krieger comes into the game to close it out. Krieger's first pitch, a wild pitch. Runners advance to second and third. Second pitch, another wild pitch. Runners advance and now one scores, making it three to two with a runner on third. A third pitch, a strike. There we go. Progress. The fourth pitch is a single to right field. Tie game. Runner scores from third. Granted, six six pitches later and we have the last two outs of the eighth inning. But the damage is already done, and it's a tie game now. Uh, throughout extras, both teams threaten back and forth. They'll get a couple runners on, then nothing will happen. I think Tech got a runner to third with two outs on the 11th, and nothing happened. But with Kyle Krieger still on the mound, stay, remember, he was put in the eighth inning. Uh, he's still out there, and two singles put the leading run in scoring position at second base. A tough ground ball to Taylor Young at short is handled, but he throws it away when trying to throw it to first base to get the out, and that allows the runners to advance again, and the runner that started the at-bat at second comes home, breaking the tie, and a double in the next at-bat down the left field line makes it 6-3 to three middle Tennessee. And unfortunately, the 12th inning for the Bulldogs had no late-game magic left, and Tech drops the rubber game 6-3. to three. Yeah, I mean... What I want to talk about here is the bottom of the 10th, you know, scores obviously tied three to three and you start off the inning with a walk and then, and that's uh Thaxton Birch. Wait, Thaxton Birch, right? That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, you're right. I called him Thraxton in the notes uh, or Thrax. I'm not sure, but he scored enough runs over the weekend. I think he deserves the R for runs. The Lorax. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> he speaks for the something. So um, he speaks for the trees. What does he speak for? We use metal bats. That's why he can speak for the trees. So Nathan, can you tell me who, who the best batter on our team is? The best in batter term- on our team is Taylor Young, most likely. In terms of yeah, in terms of both batting average, he's at 360 OPS, he's at 1.138. Uh if you had somebody coming up with zero outs and a runner on first base uh in extra innings, you'd want that person to be Taylor Young. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh coach gives the bunt sign. Taylor Young not particularly known for his bunting prowess. He's very fast, so I guess, you know, he uh it's not like he wouldn't ever bunt to try to get a hit, I think, but sacrifice bunting not really in my vernacular when I'm talking about Taylor Young. Uh he pops it up straight to the pitcher. So, you just got to walk and Taylor Young who's a very good batter in terms of, you know, making the pitcher work to, you know, he makes the pitcher throw him strikes, right? first pitch bunt popped up straight to the pitcher. And I guess you could argue like if it's a carefully executed sack bunt, you know, or something that catches them off guard and you can actually still bunt single and get on. I I don't really have a problem with the idea, but you have to, I mean, it's Taylor young, assuming Taylor young has practiced bunting and has been, and shown that he's a good bunter. I don't have a problem with the idea of doing it occasionally to catch the defense sleeping or, if I'm not sure how often in college baseball you'd have to go against the shift, but stuff like that, there are reasons why it may be a good idea to bunt in particular situations, but I agree this wasn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, I I almost think if it's if it's anybody in like the bottom half of the lineup, sure. Like I don't want you bunting Steel Netterville in that scenario either, but like I don't know. Obviously so here here's the thing. Here's the counterpoint, I guess I'll make on my own <laughs> my own point here. If if Young successfully executes this bunt. Here's what would have happened. Birch would have moved to second base. Uh, and then the very next batter is McLeod, who singles to left field. And so probably what happens is Birch goes from second base to home, you know, if Young had successfully moved Birch over. So I guess that's what coach was thinking, right? That's that's what you want. Unfortunately, though, Young popped the bunt up to pitcher. McLeod singles and so there's two men on and then uh Steel Netterville and Cole McConnell both struck out swinging um so it's just unfortunate right you had two men on with one out and you couldn't get anything done I do want to amend what I said very quickly okay because uh, I, I said uh, assuming that he's practiced bunting and stuff like that it turns out I can look up to see the last time he had a successful sacrifice bunt you want to guess how far back it was that Taylor Young had a successful sacrifice bunt 1936 <laughs> i don't $1, think it was Bob. The, i don't think it was this season uh so maybe last season i guess i'll guess maybe like march 15th i'll say right month wrong year march 7th 2020 wow at wichita state wow that was the last successful sack bunt yes wow i mean the guy's hitting 360 right uh, i take my chances with them yeah i'd I kind of want to just skip to the tweet of the week that I picked out just because it references this event rather than going back to it later. But uh, at LaTeX Sports, in the old habit of saying sports report, at LaTeX Sports Central tweeted the fact that T.Y. even knows the bunt sign is troubling. He needs to be completely unaware of that sign in the event coach accidentally gives him the signal. (laughs) True. Very true. 
So yeah, we'll just go ahead and get Tweet of the Week out of the way here because that's pretty relevant to what we're talking about. I mean, the other things I want to talk about this weekend, Ryan Jennings and the Saturday game, we've talked about his struggles throughout the year. He pitched eight innings under 100 pitches too. Kind of a, a great game from him. It was our one win, and granted, he wasn't perfect, but that's what I was hoping to see out of Ryan Jennings all year long. And maybe if only if it's a flash, it's still nice to see that he still has at least something. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other point to make is that Kyle Krigger, his pitch count this week, he threw 103 pitches as a reliever after Jesus. throwing 60 Sunday and 43 earlier in the week. Mm. Uh, I don't think he should have been out there for the 12th. I don't think he should have been out there for the 11th either. You have to have, you have to be able to trust someone else in your bullpen because uh, the 60 is the highest he's thrown all year. I think he threw 50 something at one point during the year. Let's see if I still have that tab open, but that's a lot to ask uh, for your pitcher coming in as a closer supposed to get, was it five outs on Sunday and ends up throwing 60 pitches. He threw 55 at LSU in that game where I guess, yeah, he just stuck around and never left the mound once he came in, even though that game went to extras too, but still that's, that's a lot. Uh, I'm worried about later in the season. I mean, at this point too, like, I don't know if we want to talk about this week or not, but it, it, it kind of feels like, we're not going to make a regional unless we win the conference tournament at this point to me. Yeah, um, I think that's pretty much uh, our RPI is much, in yeah. the low fifties right now. And we don't play teams ranked high enough in RPI to make us go up. Even if we were to like win out, like we'll go up, but we won't go up to like 30, you know? Yeah. Um, And I don't know. It's kind of weird because last year CUSA was a was a four bid league with three hosts, right? And this year it kind of feels like it'll be a one bid league. You know, I guess at this point we got to hope we make a deep deep run in the conference tournament and that we get to, you know, eliminate Southern Miss again. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's a it's probably more likely a two bid league even though Southern Miss will be the favorite to win the championship. It's not like they're a shoe in to win the tournament. But there'll be a tournament, right? Oh. Uh, the Cusa oh, yeah. tournament. There'll be an NCAA oh. tournament either there'll way. It's not host. like the North Texas situation uh, in basketball. Yeah, but well, the, I think Southern Miss is a is a clear host, even if they don't like finish as strong as they are. I mean, they're like up to number four in the D one baseball poll right now. Yeah. It's crazy. They're they're really freaking good this year, and we won a game against them. So you know anything can happen in that conference yeah. tournament, as evidence from last year. But and then um, if they're not going to give up the tournament, they might as well lose it at home. Uh, one more note to make about the Middle Tennessee series, even though I've said his name a bunch already on this show, Ryan Harland, he gave up his first earned run in this game since his debut as a collegiate pitcher on February 27th against Tulane. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, in his first appearance, he pitched one inning and gave up a run and then never did again. Yeah, decided he didn't like that very much. Yeah, that stunk out. I'm not going to do that again. And then finally did against Middle Tennessee this past weekend on Sunday. Um, yeah. And it feels like if Kyle Krieger throws two wild pitches in a row and the batter or the base runner is Ryan Harlan's, it, I don't know. It just feels like that's not fair to give him that, that earned run. But I guess that's the way baseball yeah. stats work. I don't know. Earned runs isn't perfect, but it's better than yeah wins and losses. Uh, but hopefully Tech will win four games this week when they take on Little Rock again on the road in Little Rock, and then travel to Norfolk, Virginia to play against Old Dominion. Uh, First up, Little Rock, we just played them. There's not really that much to say. Evan already spoiled my one note I had about them. 
Yep. Where they <laughs> lost the Saturday game against number 18 or 17, depending on which poll. Texas State by a score of 30 to 4. Uh, going into this past week, they looked better and then just fell off a cliff. I mean, Tech is a good team. Like we just said, maybe not a tournament team at, at worst, but still a good team. And Texas State is a very good team. And they just kind of fell apart. So maybe they can bounce back at home against Tech a little bit. Who really knows? But the Bulldogs may also be looking forward to the, get some vengeance against the Monarchs this weekend. Uh, the Bulldogs travel to take on their 2021 Kryptonite Old Dominion. And Oof. like I said, Norfolk, Virginia, 0-3 against them last year. Wait, 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 wait. Didn't you go to the two-game series in Ruston before the conference tournament started? Yes, I did. And you're going to Norfolk? Well... Tech lost those two games, but then didn't lose again until they played them the next time. But but that I wasn't there. So Tech will well, get I swept by yeah, but Tech will get swept by Old Dominion this weekend, but then never lose again. Ever. Until they, never. Because because Old Dominion's leaving Old this Dominion's season. Leaving the conference. Yeah. yeah okay, so as long as we right. never schedule them, we will never lose to them again. Is <laughs> I'm also not going to all three games this weekend, so we'll see how that works. But the, all three of those games last year were in Ruston. This year, they're all in Virginia as a part of a three-game series. Uh, Evan, what can you tell me about this Old Dominion team? Yeah, I mean, looking at them, it kind of feels like they're in a similar boat to Tech, right? They're a good team, but they're kind of struggling to live up to those expectations they set last year where they were technically a host. They played at South Carolina, uh, but they they were the host school, I guess. Uh, they're number 62 in RPI this year, 28 and 10 on the season, so that's a pretty good record, but they're 10 and 8 in conference play and really haven't uh haven't played very strong uh baseball in CUSA play. They haven't swept a conference series, but they did take two of three from MTSU. And they also played and beat number eight Virginia a few weeks ago and will host the Cavaliers this Tuesday again. So yeah, I mean it, it that's pretty eerily similar to tech, right? Like we we beat LSU both times we played them and you know, we've we've done pretty well, but it feels like we're not doing as well as we should be. You know, Nathan, I, I want to know about some of the players on this team. And first and foremost, can you please tell me, is Kyle Battle gone? Kyle Battle is gone. OK, good, because I still have nightmares where I see his home run go over the big black wall as they win the conference uh, USA tournament on our home field. Kyle Battle is a Yankee now in their single A. Uh, squad playing for the Tampa Tarpons. Tampa Tarpons. Interesting. Yeah. Either way, he's not a monarch anymore. So I guess he kind of is if he's a Yankee. Anyway, yeah. This year, though, no shortage of scary bats, though. They have four guys with an OPS of above one. Get ready for uh. some names, guys. This will be fun. Matt Kootney, Courtney oh, okay. without the R. Again, really kind of missing the R's and last names. Andy Gariola, Robbie Petraki, and Carter Trice. All four of those guys, OPS of above one, and wow. all four of them hit home runs at an absurd rate. There are 64 home runs just between those four guys. Uh, Tech has 52 as a team. Wow. Old Dominion as a team has 88. Oh, wow. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, that's kind of scary, right? Right there, just on the surface. We're fucked. Part of it sounds like maybe their ballpark could be conducive to hitting home runs, but they've hit 88 and allowed 30. So, no, they're just good at hitting them. It's not like they play on the world's smallest baseball field. That would be Marshall. They play at a little league field. Anyway, pitching doesn't provide much better news for Old Dominion. The Friday night starter is Blake Morgan. He started eight games, pitched 38 innings, 
has a 0.70 ERA and a whip of under one. Walks in, hits, Brandon's pitched. Wow. Friday night is going to be tough. Uh, luckily, the other two guys that will be starting on the mound are a little bit more human. The Saturday starter is Nick Pantos, a 3.20 ERA, and Sunday is Sam Armstrong, 5.98 ERA. Hands so. and arms. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this has been a long show. <laughs> it has been. So uh, let's try to, to wrap it up in the bullpen. Because the one name to know there is Brad Domzanski, ERA wow. of 0.64, matches Ryan Harlan's. He's only thrown half as many innings pitched as Harlan, so we may not see him as often. Jacob Gomez, though, is our most used reliever, but he's only posting a 7.06 ERA. Yes, so please. Hopefully yeah, throw him out there a little more. There. Yeah. But how do you think this week will go? Little Rock, we just beat, but you never really know. And then Old Dominion is a tough team, even if their record doesn't really quite show it. Uh, yeah, I got two and two with a win over Sam. Little Rock. So, Sam. unfortunately, I think we take one from Old Dominion, which is better than we could say last year, I guess. I'll return to optimistic mood and say that Tech sweeps the week. Wow. Okay. Just because I want to watch some winning baseball. There you um, go. I, we've, we've pointed out I'll be in Norfolk for at least a couple of these games this weekend, including the Saturday game where we'll have an alumni lunch beforehand. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that would be some good news if Tech wins those three games and four games if you include Little Rock. But the Texters in softball uh, did not disappoint this past week. No, they did not. As we said last week, coming into the weekend, Tech was a half game back from UAB in the division standings. They really needed at least a series W to stay in the mix for an auto bid to the conference tournament in a few weeks. In game one, Tech pretty much scored all nine of the runs that they needed to run rule UAB in uh, the fifth or in the fourth, fifth and sixth, and then close it out with a walk off uh, run rule nine to one in the sixth inning. I don't know why there's an eight run run rule in the sixth or seventh inning of softball games. I I don't know. Just adding to the confusion of yep. what softball rules are. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> game two is a little bit tighter with only three extra base hits total in the game compared to six in the first game. Uh, going into the sixth inning, though, Tech was up 3-2, to two, but an RBI single from the Blazers made it a tie game. Then with two on and two out, Brooke Diaz hits a double to right center, scoring Sierra Sacco and the... A lot of S's in this sentence. Yep. Scoring Sierra Sacco in the second walk-off win of the weekend. You switch from S's to W's real quick in that sentence. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um... And in game three, it was sort of the opposite of game two. Tech decided to score all of their runs in the first two innings, uh, put it, plating three, uh, and then just held on for dear life to win the game and take the sweep of the second place, previous second place Blazers, three to two in that game three on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so this weekend, Sierra Sacco, or do we establish if it's Sacco or Sacco? It, I think it's Sacco. That sounds right. I usually do it wrong the first time, uh, so I just have to go against my gut every time. Sierra Sacco led the team with five hits and six walks, and on the weekend, or the week, I guess, had a 1.661 OPS. Yep, she's she's good. That's very good. Uh, Caitlin Cooper, Kylie Neal, and Maddie Green all each had three RBIs. Yeah, and speaking of Sierra Sacco, uh, we talked about her last week. She was leading the nation in hits going into the weekend and she added five uh so anybody want to do some quick math and tell me how many hits she has now she had 64 64 plus five 
carry the three. That's 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, But unfortunately, that young lady from Wichita State had a bunch of hits this weekend, and she's now in first place with 71. So Sierra Sacco, just two hits behind uh, Wichita State's, I think her name's like Sydney McKinney or something. Um, So Australia. uh, Yes. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully Sierra Sacco can continue to light up the scoreboard because you know, she got on base a whole bunch this past weekend against UAB and was a big reason that the Texters were able to sweep. Uh, what do we have coming up this week, Nathan? Yeah, this week, the Texters go on the road to play Middle Tennessee. After playing them in baseball this week, I'm not too happy to see that. Uh, Texters are up to 94 in Massey. Meanwhile, the Blue Raiders are 153. So no cakewalk, but the Texters should take two of three. And that's kind of what Massey shows as well. The computer poll gives Tech a 63% chance to win each of these three games. The final score prediction of four to three. So expecting some close games, but Tech should take two of three. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I think Massey is like massively underrating, uh, ma- massively underrating. Stop the Texters. I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you go back to their first. Uh, conference series which is a sweep back on march 11th 12th and 13th um at florida atlantic they have not lost a conference series since that point and they've gone they've lost really just three games in conference play so they're i mean you're looking at like 12 or 13 and three since that initial three game uh sweep by fau so they have really put it together here towards the end of the season almost the opposite of what we're seeing with the baseball team, right? I mean, it it feels like the Texters are primed to make a run here. And, you know, I don't think they're going to be highly rated enough or highly thought of enough to, uh, like, get an at-large berth. But if they can make some noise in that conference tournament and end up winning it, I think this could be that kind of year. That's what I'm saying. Bowling is the other sport to talk about before we wrap up. Uh, Tech completed Thursday's 24-game qualifying round with a total pinball. Not pinball. That's a different sport. Is it a sport? (laughs) Either way. How is Tech's pinball team doing? (laughs) I would be a Hall of Famer (laughs) on that motherfucker if it was around when I was at Tech. Something about about me you guys don't know is I am a pinballing fiend. I thought you were about to say wizard. wizard. Yeah. No, that's that's low-hanging fruit. Um, (laughs) As opposed to the rest of the show? Well, there's got to be a twist. I do have quite a supple wrist. Someone please finish the list. Well, Matt's uh, slam poetry aside. How do you think he does it? I don't know. Oh, it's an actual song. I thought Matt was just making up poetry. No, this is an actual song. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I thought there wasn't enough clapping for it to be slam poetry, so I should have known something was wrong. A total (laughs) pinfall of 4,601, which netted them in the number 11 seed the double elimination bracket. And from here, I'll let Evan take over because I'm already a little confused. Uh, Yeah, that's interesting that it says double elimination bracket and I didn't put who they lost to in the second game. Let's see. There we go. Uh, so they they faced off against number six seed St. Francis, which is in Illinois, apparently, where they fell in the best of seven Baker series four to one. And then they moved into the elimination bracket on Friday morning where they played the number three seed Maryville and they took a two to nothing lead, but then got reverse swept, unfortunately, and tech was eliminated four to two. 
which is really unfortunate, you know, for them that they weren't able to to capitalize on the season. But, you know, here at the end of the season, we can say that they had really a phenomenal year. They were in the top 10 the whole way and reached as high as number five. And they had a 77 and 30 record, including 33 wins over top five, top 25 teams. Uh, and that includes three wins over the number two ranked team in the country and two wins over the number one team in the country. So they had some really, really good bowling this year. They just couldn't put it together in these, you know, sort of final uh, tournaments. So, you know, uh, shout out to the texters for, uh, you know, great year. And hopefully y'all come back even stronger next year. Yeah. Oh God, we don't have a tweet of the week. What do we do? Oh, we do have a tweet of the week. We already said it. Though. You already said it, but, but what do we, we do? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I guess that wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us. I, I can't do the whole thing in a questioning tone. That's that's too <laughs> difficult. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, website, store, contest, center, all in one, gtpdd.dog, where you can still buy the April shirt of the month at gtpdd.dog/shop. Uh, it is a street sign indicating where JC Lafield is uh, with some tulips below it because it's spring and you should get it because it's spring and spring. So yeah, go ahead and get that. Uh, new shirt will be up in, oh God, six days. Um, so uh, while I prepare that, you can also do the GoTech contest. Uh, tech doesn't play until Wednesday this week, so you have an extra day to get your answers in or get your answers changed. Uh, Evan, you were in second place going into this week. You're not in uh, second place anymore. Yeah, I saw your tweet, which was very mean to me. I did not appreciate that. <laughs> um, Do better. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try right now. I'm going to put in my uh, going to put in my answers right now. Yeah, dropping to fourth place. LaTeX reports still in first, but the lead is closing on him. Uh, so you never know. You may you may end up on top. So yeah, gtpdd.dog/contest to do that. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Good offense plus good pitching equals a solid win over a really not bad Little Rock team. U-A-L-R-E-D. They, they changed their name to Little Rock. Um, what? Yeah. yeah, so they're no longer U A L R. At least they're not going by and Arkansas. Look, look on this on yeah, <laughs> on this hey. podcast we we allow people to change their names if they're not little bitches about it, you know. So. <laughs>